On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. And somebody just looking at your face and saying, I understand you. And that's all that's said. That connection and that divinity truly is from whatever higher source that you believe in that connects us all. It's a visceral feeling. And I think that that's what sisterhood is. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. All right, lady. Today we have a very, very, very special guest in Cultivating Her Space. Bethany Hawkins is the CEO and founder of Crackers and Soup. Crackers and Soup is a podcast management company that's mission is to assist women podcasts that need the best F word known in the English language. Freedom. Okay? Freedom. Since its inception in 2019, Crackers and Soup has worked on over 50 podcasts from creating cover art to assisting with post-production and everything in between, including launches. She has worked on podcasts that have won awards, including her own. Podcasts that have 3 million listeners, 10,000 downloads a month, and one podcast she's worked for has been featured in a Princeton course. Bethany is also the host of the award-winning podcast, Chatting Over Chowda. Chatting Over Chowda is a podcast where two minority women talk to other women in the podcasting industry about what podcast they listen to while chatting over chowda. Bethany, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. <laughs> I'm home. It's my ladies. Hello, ladies. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> and people are probably like, who this bitch? Who this mama? <laughs> I worked with you when I first started out, Terry, and it was just like a beautiful, and I was like, all of my clients are like this. They're going to be amazing. And then, you know, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> But really quick, Bethany, for context, I think it would be nice to let people know how we all are connected. Maybe talk a little bit about the baby shower. So if you want to like talk a little bit about that, and then we'll go into our quote of the day and all that good stuff. Terry, you and I met on a complete, it was like a complete blind date and connection. So you needed a virtual assistant, and I was doing virtual assistance at that time. And 
Somebody, somebody threw out my name. And you were like, okay, I'm going to send you, an e- you her an email. And I just happened to be looking at my email that night. And I re- immediately responded back. And it was like 9.30 my time. And we set up a discovery call. And during the discovery call, I had my uterus necklace on. And you were like, are you wearing a uterus necklace? And I was like, yes. I just felt like empowered to wear this femininity and fertility. And she was like, I'm trying to get pregnant. And I was like, well, you are a creep and we are connected and we're destined and this is going to happen. And then you were like, okay, bet. You're going to be my virtual assistant. So then you taught me Asana. And Asana is like my whole boo now. And I can't even imagine my life without it. And that's totally due to you, Terry Lomax. And then you were like, hey, can you help with the Patreon? So then I started working on y'all's Patreon. And then I started like sweating Dr. Dom from like afar. And then because I was all up in Terry's uterus at the time, I was like, hey, boo, you pregnant? And you were like, why would you say that? And I was like, just don't buy tampons. And she was like, no, but I am pregnant. And I was like, mm, I'm a creepy bitch. So that. <laughs> <laughs> so then Dr. Dom was throwing you a virtual baby shower and I was like, Dom, I need to get on this. So then we had your baby shower and you had my rhetoric and it was beautiful. And now she's like 25 because time goes by so quickly. And then I just solely concentrated and focused on podcasting. And here we are today. Here we are today. So that's like our, our little short story, ladies, so you can kind of get context. Thank you for that, Bethany. Dr. Dom's going to take it off with the quote of the day. I picked this quote of the day, like, literally before we hopped on this call. And I think that things happen how they're supposed to. Things happen for a reason. And so I'm anticipating a bomb-ass conversation just based on how we are showing up right now and how we've gotten to this space. So our quote of the day, the success of every woman should be the inspiration to another. We should raise each other up. Make sure you're very courageous, be strong, be kind, and above all, be humble. From Serena Williams. Ladies, today we are talking about the importance of sisterhood. And in just these first few minutes, we have already seen the importance of sisterhood. But Bethany, when you hear this quote from Serena, what comes up for you? The bringing each other up and the narrative of women, especially black women, is that we're argumentative and that we are competitive and that we are vile to each other. When that is such the furthest stereotype from the truth, we always come together as a collective There's always an understanding and an appreciation. And I think that it is to the betterment of white males if 
there is a competition between us instead of really honoring the love and the spark and the life that we each give each other when it's needed. That's beautiful. And that makes perfect sense. And girl, I cannot agree more. I love what you said earlier too. I think you just painted the picture of how we all got connected. Like Dom said, it's like a beautiful tribute to sisterhood and friendship and like wh- how that's shown up for us in our lives. And, you know, I got a little teary eye when you were telling, telling that story, just bringing everything full circle. So when you think about sisterhood and friendship, what does that mean to you? I think it's not only just, you know, kicking it up. I think it's also learning from each other. And Terry, I used to tell you all the time, there's so much that you taught me, just not in organization and and through the program Asana, but through podcasting and how to show up as a professional and how to, you know, get my shit together. Because when we first started, I was so green, not only in the podcasting industry, but also just as an entrepreneur. I had worked in corporate, and I know we're kind of getting into my backstory a little bit, but I had worked in corporate for almost 20 years. So coming from that place and being an entrepreneur, I knew that that's something that I was called to do, but I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what that felt like, but I knew that I wanted to work with women that I was not only going to be able to assist, but I was also going to be able to learn from. And I think that that's what sisterhood is. It's it's holding each other when you're overwhelmed and you're distraught. And when we were working together, it was when all that George Floyd stuff was happening. It was a powerful moment in history, especially for Black people. And being able to say to each other, I can't do this today. Please just hold space for me. That's all that I can do. And somebody just looking at your face and saying, I understand you. And that's all that said. That connection and that divinity truly is from whatever higher source that you believe in that connects us all. It's a visceral feeling. And I think that that's what sisterhood is. Like when you have a weird sixth sense that like your girlfriend needs a phone call from you. That's sisterhood. When you champion somebody that's not even in the room, that doesn't even have, let alone all 10 toes, doesn't have one pinky toe in the room. And you say, you know what? I know this this woman. She's amazing. She can absolutely assist you. That's sisterhood. Getting into a disagreement and then two weeks later coming back and be like, I was trifling. I'm sorry, that's sisterhood. And then that other person say, you were trifling, I accept your apology. That's sisterhood. I love that. And as you were saying that, like I was recalling like various moments in my life with with different friends and sister friends and sisters and how all of that rings so true for us. And so you you defined sisterhood. You told us some of your origin story. But Bethany, can you take us back, like back, back to little Bethany, little kindergarten Bethany, maybe. <laughs> Tell us, share with us your origin story. 
oh, this is when Dr. Dom is going to get real doctor. Because when I was in kindergarten, I did not speak. And I mean, this was in like the early 80s. And autism wasn't a thing as it is now. But at that point, my pediatrician was really progressive. And he had said to my mother, if this continues, we're going to have to have her checked for autism. And it's not that I was autistic. I definitely have anxiety and a lot of those characteristic traits. I just didn't want to talk to anybody. Like there was nothing that I had to say to nobody. Like I was good. I was just playing with my toys. And I was in kindergarten. I was I was reading like I, I was a pr- prolific reader. So I, look, I was like, bet you just do you and I'm going to do me. And we, we, we Gucci. <laughs> and the only reason why I truly like started talking and coming out of my shell was because I wanted a phone in my room. And if I had a phone, like I needed friends to talk to. So that so I was like, well, I guess I should start talking to people. So I kind of like ventured out of my shell in like fourth and fifth grade because I, I wanted a phone in my room. <laughs> this was before cell phone, you young whippersnappers. Like this is when <laughs> you had a legitimate phone line. <laughs> and I, you know, my parents were very hardworking. And they always had this ideology that I was going to get good grades and I was going to go to college, which is a lot of Black families. This is what you're going to do. We didn't graduate from college. I was the first person in my immediate immediate family to graduate from college, actually to go to college, to graduate from college, to do really well. And then I studied in criminal justice because I was interested in the criminal justice field. And I knew that it was like a safe and secure job. So I did that. I graduated. I started working at the district attorney's office. One of the ADAs decided that he wanted to go out on his own, asked me to be his office manager paralegal. So I went over there. I was with him for eight years. And then the DA's office called me back and they were like, hey, can you come back? Because we have created this position and we have you in mind. And I was like, okay. So I went back over there. So, and then that's the office that I left. So truly in 18 plus years, I only worked in two offices. And during that time, I kept moving up the ladder. And by the time I left, I was, I was the office manager. I was handling million-dollar budgets. I, had, I was supervising all of the support staff members. I was booking all of the travel ma- arrangements for the victims to come in. We worked with all felonies from habitual offender, which are felonious driving offenses, all the way to attempted murder and everything in between. The only thing we didn't do was murder, and that's because I went to the attorney general's office. But as the years started progressing, criminal justice is a very strong burnout career. And I used to say to when I was vetting people, because we have legal assistants coming in and out all the time, because it's very overwhelming. There's a lot of documentation. There's a lot of horrible things that you're reading. And I would say, how do you handle stress? Because nobody's coming into this office because they had the best day of their life. And as I started continuing on, I was like, I can't do this. But I work very well under stress. I I am like I thrive in any condition that I have to thrive in. But it got to the point where my mental health was so exhausted that I was having like panic attacks every time I was driving to work. And then I had to suck it out buttercup and I had to do what I had to do. And how I got into podcasting was three years before I was like, deuces, bitches, I'm out. One of my friends, Megan, came up to me and she knows that I'm obsessed with LeVar Burton, like obsessed. 
it's a little creepy. And <laughs> I'm like, that's my uncle LeVar. You can't tell me nothing. We're blood. He just don't know. He's missed all my birthdays, but that's okay. He's going to make it up to me. So <laughs> she came up to me and she was like, hey, have you heard of LeVar Burton Reads? It's a podcast. And I'm like, what the hell is a podcast? And she took my phone and she was like, download the app. Here's how you can listen. And it was a wrap from there. I started consuming support a sexy with Elaine Fluker. And I was like, there is a whole litany of strong black women at my disposal that I can listen to literally eight hours a day while I'm in this piece of shit position while this old crotchety white man is asking me if I'm celebrating Kwanzaa because I'm wearing brown. I was like, ah, what? I can hide here? (laughs) This is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I said to my husband, I was like, I'm going to quit my job. And he was like, what? We are like, we're not a wealthy family. Like we are two family income. We have children. We have a mortgage. And he was like, and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to create a business. And I, I did that. Like I hustled. I created a website. I learned business. I went business courses online. I took like a podcast course, which wasn't very good. Uh, (laughs) And I, and I submitted my resignation letter and I was like, well, I'm going to bet on myself. I don't know anybody in the podcasting community. I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to do well. And last year alone, we made six figures in my business. We're on celebrating. Go ahead. That is incredible, Bethany. So inspiring. I mean, just to see the full, you know, the full circle story, it's just like, wow. How did you do it? Like, what do you think? Because I think a lot of people are in positions where they don't enjoy their work, right? Like their day job. And I know for a long time I was in that space too of like, I call it calling it my dream funder. This is the thing that's funding the side hustle. But like, what do you believe it takes for you to actually take the leap and go out and launch into the deep? For me, because I, I swear, like I am a sadist because I will just keep doing painful things and continue to do it and do it and do it and do it. And I'm like, I know it's torturing me. Like, <laughs> I know it hurts. <laughs> and, but if it's not physical, I'm like, I, I won't really try to change it in like stability is a huge thing for me. I coming back to sisterhoods, I was at my friend's house yesterday and she was like, you collect people and you keep them forever. And I was like, I, tr- I truly do. Like once I connect with you, you are my whole heart. Like I will keep you until the end of time. I will celebrate you. I will cry with you. <laughs> like, be careful when you get sucked into my world. Cause it's a vortex that you're never climbing out of. <laughs> So in order for like me to actually take the leap, it truly had to be at a point where I was in, I was in such a mental despair that I knew that I was like uh, contemplating harming myself. And I was so energy depleted that I couldn't engage with my children the way I wanted to. I couldn't engage with my husband. I was just so exhausted from being in that space that I would literally like cook dinner and go to bed. And I, and I was like, I don't think that this is what life is supposed to be. This, this can't be it. But I saw my parents do that. Like I saw my parents be in that. And I never knew anybody really 
that was an entrepreneur. So I didn't have anybody to ask questions to. I didn't have anybody to, to look up to. So if somebody is in that space, you have to determine a couple of things. Do you have the bandwidth to keep doing it and looking at and look at your that position as an investment into what you're creating? If you do stay because you're getting money, work at night when you get home, work for your dreams, but also take a rest when needed. But if you're at a point mentally, first off, go see a therapist. Have somebody that you can talk it out with. And then come up with a plan. Because if you don't have a plan and you're just like, you're cool, you're cool, you cool, fuck you, bye. It's going to be a lot more stressful when you don't have money to pay your mortgage or you don't have money to pay for food. Or if you have children and like, if you don't have a plan in action. So, and always like bet on yourself, even if you don't think you can do it. If you don't have any alternative, you got to do it. You don't want to be like that person that's living under a bridge. And also you can always get like a regular nine to five job. If you already have that career and that history, you already have a phenomenal resume. I knew at the end of the day, I could always go back and get a position at an office anywhere because of my resume. And I was like, but do I want to? Or do I want to have control of who I want to engage with, who I want to work with, who I want as my team members, who I want to champion, who I want to make sure that their voice is heard, who I get excited to listen to their editing for six hours. Or I could sit behind a desk and be like, okay, I'm guaranteed a paycheck. You have to, you have to determine what your worth is. Ooh, okay. So many gems dropped in in that. One thing I do want to kind of circle back to or bring into the conversation is during this process where you're like, peace out nine to five, how did your sister friends help you in this process? Because sisterhood is so important. And it's during times like these, at least that I found, where sisterhood really matters. And so can you share with us the importance of sisterhood in this piece of your journey? So my ride or dies, like my best friend since freshman year in college, Tisha, she was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> And she's my voice of reason. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And she was like, okay, all right. And I was like, yeah, yeah I know. And then my mom was like, what? <laughs> because now at this point, like I'm 43. So like my mom was my friend. And like, so I'll, I'll tell her. And she was like, I, okay. Like she was scared. She was nervous. Like any like black mother, is, well, like any mother is like, they're, they're worried for the kid. And my niece was like, okay, that's cool. Like my other friends were like, uh, okay. Because again, none of us had entrepreneurs in our life. Like it was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to go hang gliding for like 15 years. And, be, and we're like, what are, you just, what are you talking about? 
So I have to say they were, they were supportive, but they were like nervous for me, which I like, I get, and I appreciate. However, comma, this is where the gem is. Find your people online. Find support groups that are not only aligned in your mission, but you can learn from them. So if you're going into, I don't know, if you want to leave your job because you want to crochet, don't just join groups on crocheting. Join groups on business. Join groups on finance. Join groups on entrepreneurship. In addition to joining crocheting groups. Because you need all of those things in order to operate appropriately and to thrive in your business. Like you have to know what your state taxes are. You have to know what your federal taxes are. You have to know the difference between an employee and a contractor if you start getting larger and you need to onboard help. You need to know what an SOP is. You need to be able to articulate to somebody how you go about doing the things that you're doing. All of these things aren't covered in stitching, right? They're just just not covered in crocheting. Like crocheting, they're like, okay, you use the needle and the yarn. And this is how you, I don't know, weave a basket. I don't know what you do in crochet. I don't crochet. Like, I don't know why I use that as an example. (laughs) I can't crochet to save my life. If it was like, make a glove or die, I'd be like, well, let me dig my own hole. I can't make a glove. (laughs) But... But all of those things are proud of business. And so that's what I did. I found I found groups that I really loved talking to the women and being online with them and seeing their per- and like just like watching at first and seeing their personalities and then seeing, okay, this is somebody who I feel like I can jive with. And then doing a discovery call and be like, can we do a coffee and chat? Like with nothing. No intentions behind it, just to get to know people. And if you have the intention of just getting to know people on just a basic human level, it's not even like a life hack. It's just being a human. (laughs) If you're just a human to somebody else, they will, and they're like a human to you, you start developing a bond and then you start seeing opportunities for them. And then you start seeing opportunities where you can work together. And then you start sharing with them and you start shouting out their name. And then they start shouting out your name. And then when opportunities arise, you're the first person that they want to work with. Not because you did it in such a sneaky, slimy like way, but just because you want to see this person achieve greatness. That's some game right there. Okay. You dropped more gems. I do. You kind of answered our next question, but I want to dive into this idea around people. You know how it is when we're adults and people are like, it's hard to make friends as adults, right? Especially when we think about COVID and a lot of us just being at home nowadays. But I think about some of the folks that I know who say, you know, I don't really have those long lasting friendships that came from childhood or from college. Maybe I didn't go to college. Can you share some other best practices on how to make friends and cultivate sisterhood as adults? You shared a great tactic about reaching out to people in groups, but do you have any language? Maybe that someone who's listening can like pick up and let me go send this message that Bethany just said that I can use if you feel awkward or like you don't really know how to initiate that conversation if you're interested in like befriending someone online. 
find a place where you both can meet. So if you are in a group on, you know, business and you're kind of navigating through the very first steps and you see somebody who is offering numerous advice over and over again, reach out to them and say, I love what you're saying in the group. This, this, I'm going to implement this idea. This was so fantastic. Do you have an account? Like, would you mind being my accountability partner? I would love to meet with you like once a month and maybe share ideas and maybe I can help you as well. I know I'm just starting off and you're more advanced than me, but everybody can learn from everybody. So finding those people that like, not only are willing to offer advice, but also that you feel that you could jive with. I think the most important thing out of all of this in getting adult friendships is knowing who you are. If you don't know who you are, you can't attract the people that you need to attract. It's a goosebumps when you find your sister friend. It is literally a physical feeling like spirit is coming and touching you and touching Mm -hmm. them. And it's like, (laughs) I've known you in another life. So my tip, know who you are and know what you want. And start complimenting. Like, don't just be like sneezy. Be like, oh, I I think you're really great. Like, teach me something for free. Like, don't be that person. (laughs) But have a genuine interest in who they are and have them have a genuine interest in you. And you know, if you're being truthful, you know when someone's being shady and someone's taking you for a ride. Or you know if someone's definitely like definitely down for you. You know. It's like the same thing with like hugging up with some dude that you thought was cute. And then you know he's mad shady. You knew he was shady. You lied to yourself and was like, I'm going to make him not shady. Girl, he was shady when he met you. He's going to be shady when he's with you. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with friendship. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like if they're down with you, you could tell that they're down. If they're shady, you could tell that they're shady. That is super valuable. Super valuable. Yes, yes, yes. I, all of that, all of that. So that's the good stuff, right? Now, what about when there's conflict, right? Or some type of issue? How do you kind of clear the air or approach a conversation when you're used to everything going well, and then now there's a bump in the road. That's a great question. And I am a reactive person instead of a responsive person, which is one of not my very best characteristic traits. <laughs> and I'm working on that because I, once again, I know who I am. <laughs> And there are times when I definitely should have taken a step back instead of reacting. So I'm just going to speak for me. So when I do that, because I have, I then have to stop and process what the situation was. Like, was I pouncing on something because I'm like overtired or overworked, overstressed, or, or was it something that legitimately I found problematic 
in both of those circumstances, if I pop off, if it's legitimate, I do have to say, you know what, I shouldn't, that, that was not a response. It's not how I should have acted. And also, this is why it bothered me. And if you're close enough, there should be able to have a dialogue. And that person very much may say, you popped off on me. You are completely disrespectful. Like, I can't talk to you right now. And you have to respect that. If there's a verbal disagreement, I don't think that that is so egregious that there can't be a comeback from that. But if you're like sleeping with your friend's man, (laughs) you already decided that you didn't, that you didn't value that friendship. (laughs) For real, for real. So just being, being willing to talk it out and own your faults and use I statements and use, and also statements and don't, Say you, 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 without owning your tomfoolery and nonsense. I guess that's how, I guess that, that's how I navigate through those waters. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love owning, like, I think the thing is owning your shit, right? Like, so if you know that you like to react, that you're one who has a tendency to react, then recognizing that you're going to react and then circling back around, right? And then somewhere down the line, we work on how to slow down that immediate reaction, right? But then also being clear about the boundaries and being clear that you ain't with the shit and being willing to hear what their boundaries are and what their needs are in the friendship. And I think that sometimes it's, It's worse than a relational breakup if you have a friendship breakup, especially if there's been a significant amount of time and you have gone through many different iterations of your friendship. And that, again, I'm going to bring it back to therapy. I think that a lot of people don't own and respect the importance of friendships and when they do disintegrate in some way, they don't think that it is as impactful because it wasn't in a sexually intimate relationship. Not realizing that there truly is a loss there and they may need somebody to help them navigate through that experience because their lives were ultimately changed by this person some way, somehow. And now that the loss is occurred you want again you want to own that I don't know do you all feel like there's this culture now I don't know if it's a generational thing but there's this culture and there are these two perspectives I hear oftentimes and one is there's this idea of no new friends right people are like no new friends no new friends mm -mm -mm, no new friends right and then there's another idea of around people saying you know i cut people off with a quickness like if you do this like i cut you off and i feel like those can be really problematic but i'd love to know what you two think about that in the context of this conversation around sisterhood and friendship Uh, i am team girlfriends all day every day like i like again like i said i collect people like if 
if I find you inspirational and beautiful and I will stalk you, I will make you feel uncomfortable. I will hump your leg. Like, I, I speaking of boundaries, like, I, I cannot. Rub- <laughs> Hilarious. She'll get up in your uterus. Okay, y'all. Ask me I will how be I know. in your uterus. Like, like. A whole way across the country away, I will be in your uterus. <laughs> Nothing is out of limits in my world. So these young whippersnappers that are like, no new friends or I'll cut you off. I think that that is youth. Because I don't think that you have enough life experience to truly be like friendships aren't important. That may be a youth thing and and, th- and the belief that like friendships are disposable. I'm, this is pure speculation. Cause again, I have friends since kindergarten. <laughs> I have friends for like 20 plus years. So it's such a foreign concept to me. And, and the, those connections are so like my high school friends, my daughter hangs around with their daughters and that, so it's like a whole nother generation of friendship because like my friend Marisa, we've been friends since sophomore year in high school and my daughter and her daughter play together. And like they go, she's the only house that my daughter can sleep over because I'm that person. Because <laughs> like, I've known her literally since puberty. So I trust her and I trust her husband and like anybody else. My daughter's like, can I sleep over their house? And I'm like, absolutely not. You can you cannot. Sorry. They can sleep over here, but you're not. So just that history is so important to just look at somebody and they know what you're feeling and what you're thinking and you don't have to iterate a word. That is so sad if people aren't connecting in that way anymore. Do better, young people. Do better. Get a friend. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I I agree that friendships, girlfriends are so vital to your just existence that having a support system, that's one thing that we talk about in therapy is that like Usually when I'm meeting a client for the first time, one of the questions that I'm probably asking is, all right, so who are the people in your support system? Because from a therapy perspective, therapy, we're going to get into some deep stuff. We're going to open up some wounds and you're only with me for one hour. Maybe once a week, maybe twice a week. That's a whole lot of other hours that you need support. So Where's your tribe? Who's your people? And I think this idea of no new friends, to me, it feels middle school, high schoolish in terms of, oh, what what it reminds me of is like movies like Mean Girls, right? Where we've got our group and if you don't fit certain criteria, nope you not with us, right? And to me, what that does is that that's isolating. And what it also does is it's limiting because I know that I have friends in different 
stages in my life, right? That I have my my best friend that I've been rocking with since we were nine years old, right? And I have friends that I've known since middle school, since high school, since college. I have friends that I have made in adulthood in various cities that I've lived. So I have friends from like all the various stages in my life. And some friends I talk to on a daily basis, some friends less frequently. And the friends that I talk to less frequently, when the moment we connect, it's as if we haven't missed a beat. Like, you know, and, and, and Bethany, like you said, like those, those little facial expressions or a tone in your voice, because they've known you for so long, they don't have to talk to you every day to know what that means, to get it, to show up for you in those moments when you need them the most. And I think what also is so important in friendship that people don't really recognize your friends are a mirror of you, especially your very good friends. So if you're whiling out about something, your very good friends can say to you, what are you doing? <laughs> they can check you. And because you have so much respect for them, they may check you in a way that would be triggering if your spouse checked you. Or if your significant other said said something to you. Or if your mother or your father or some sort of parental figure said something to you. Because my friend Tisha is forever checking me. Because she knows how I am. She knows. And I'll, call, and I'll call her or I'll send her a text message and she'll be like... And so she's like my barometer. Like, am I acting a fool? Or like, is it worth me, worth me getting riled out, up about? But like... If my husband had said the same thing with the same iteration and like, I would have immediately like pounced on him like we were in the jungle. So good friends, they tell you about yourself because they want you to either do better or see a different perspective. And if you have like fly by night friends or like, fair weather friends or I don't even think that there are fair weather friends they're like rainy storm friends those friends that only want you to be around you when there's like a depressive moment when there's gossip when there's drama like they don't want to champion you they just want to gossip with you and you have to determine why they're in your life that's a beautiful point. And I agree with both of you. We also have an episode about friends. So you got to go to the archives to check that out. But I'm with y'all. I, I would agree. I think that people that I've met in the past six years, including you two, are people that are like my family, like my chosen family now. You know what I mean? I think about the people in the past six years and the people from different phases of life. So I would definitely agree with that. I think it's about time to shift up. The NA, go ahead, Dr. Dom. Go ahead, go ahead. I see that. Y'all got to go on Patreon and watch the video, y'all. You got to see all the all the visuals. Okay, so it's that time, y'all, for us to shift up the conversation. And because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie and classy and ratchet, and you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music if you so choose, Bethany, we want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? 
challenge. I do. I'm so scared. <laughs> like, You're ready. This, is the, this was my scary part. I was like, I'm not ready. That is I'm so funny. Ready. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let, we got you, girl. We got you. Don't be scared. We got you. It might get a little scary now. Okay. So now that you've agreed, you said you'd take on the challenge. We're going to tell you what to expect. So we're going to ask you three questions. We're going to share three sentence completions, and then we're going to have you choose a number between one and three. And we have some photos of you pulled up from your Instagram and we're going to pull that photo up and we want you to provide more context that we would not know by looking at the photo. Okay. Girl, I better not be on a pole. <laughs> well, I mean, you might if be. you are, you know, that's why this is Blanchett. This is, this is what that is. <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to quickly do a Rolodex of all the photos that are on my Instagram. What about I'm like, on my Instagram? <laughs> what about posted? We shall see. So our first question. What is the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? I know that people have canceled her, but Ellen DeGeneres, my favorite quote of all time is, be yourself unless you're a serial killer. Hey, I love it. Go ahead, Bethany. (laughs) Be yourself. And that's so fitting for you. I feel like the humor, but then also the criminal justice aspect as well. So fitting. That should have been like your slogan on your, um, at your desk, at your day job back in the day. I love it. Okay, Bethany, I have four words for you, lady. Four words and four words only. And those four words are twerk or two-step. What you doing? Oh, mm. Mm, don't be frightened, girl. <laughs> so when I think of two-step, I think of like the cha-cha slide <laughs> And I love me a cha-cha slide. But sometimes you just got to twerk. So I'm going to say both. Because yeah. you never, because I'm a Gemini. Look, you never know what side you're going to get. <laughs> so I say both. We support both. We, okay. we're, we're with it. I mean, you know, in the part of the song of the cha-cha slide, when they say get funky, you get funky, you twerk it out. You know? We, so we got you. We see, we see you, girl. We see you. All right. So next question. What is the sexiest item you own? My smile. Ooh. There you go. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead, girl. With that sexy smile. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, Bethany, now we're going to move on to our sentence completions. And the first sentence completion is, I cultivate sisterhood within my company, Crackers and Soup, by... Being very cognizant of who I let enter my company's world. Mm. So you have a serious vetting process? We do. I love it. Very important. And then if somebody gets past that vetting process (laughs) and disrespects my team members, they are immediately removed. Money is not that important to me. Respect is more important to me than money. Yep. I love that. I love that. So the next sentence completion. One question or topic I wished people asked me about more often is... I guess my heritage. Because a lot of people think that I'm mixed and I am 100% Black. I'm Cape Verdean, which is Black Portuguese. And that's why I light-skinned. 
And a lot of people don't know that. Like they either think that I'm mixed or they think I'm Hispanic. But no, I'm Cape Verdean. Black Portuguese. We light. Thank you. I love for, that. Yes, yes. Break I it love down. That. Break it down for yes. them. You can get all shades, okay? On the and black still be one hundred percent. Yes, okay. I love it. All right, Bethany. Our last sentence completion is: What I love most about myself is my sense of humor. I think we can all agree with that as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> energy you is, that. I, did you have the same vibe when you were in your like day job for those eighteen years, or is this like a new? Oh yeah. Emerged- so, oh okay. Oh yes. So and and it was a whole problem because people would just be constantly coming into my cubicle like trying to talk to me, and I'd be like, I need to get work done. Like okay, so some people don't believe in impasse. I. I do. I'm an empath. So they would like want to come and like take my energy because I made them feel good. Yep. Yep. While depleting me. And I think that that was a major problem when I was working there. I didn't know how to set up boundaries so that like there wasn't an exchange of energy all the time. Yeah. So there, yes. And then I was talking to one of my friends who still works in the office and he was like, it's never been the same since you left. He's like of all of not. the joy and the happiness just left. And I'm like, well, you know, you have the ability to create joy. Like, okay. don't put that on me. There you go. You, you a whole grown adult. Make yourself happy. <laughs> mm, you better go ahead. That's a word right there. <laughs> okay. That's real. For real. So, Bethany. Dun, da, da, da. We have some photos pulled up from your Instagram. And we're only going to look at one, but we need you to choose a number between one and three. And then we'd love for you to provide more context for us about this photo. Does it have to be true context or can I like make up a story? No, give us <laughs> true context. God damn it, Terry. So <laughs> you, know you know I'll be trying to follow the rules, Bethany. <laughs> I choose three. Oh, I'm so happy you chose three. Okay. So some people are not going to be on Patreon. So tell them what this photo is and then give us the context. Boom. Oh my God. So this is a picture of me when I was 16. And it is a pink, like, I don't even know what that material is. What is that? Taffeta? I was going to say, like, is that what it is? That's what it looks like. That taffeta that was hot in the 90s. Oh, and it is such a, like, a 90s hot pink. And it has fluffy billowy shoulders and my waist was snatched though and <laughs> period and i'm period and i'm still rocking those big hoop earrings <laughs> and i like i said i was like 16 and this is actually a picture of me in my bridesmaid's dress for my sister's wedding and the wedding day lasted longer than the marriage, but that's okay because I looked fly as hell. <laughs> okay, I'm just so saying. that's the whole when you truth. said oh, sister's wedding. When you said sister's wedding, I was like, how timely because of this conversation. And then the whole that's a whole nother episode. That that 
You said the wedding day lasted longer. Oh Lord. Okay, okay. We're gonna we're gonna move past that. But I think we did the cha cha slide at the wedding, so you did know, full circle. Full circle <laughs> moment. Full circle moment. Thank you for that. That was fun. I'm so happy you chose that picture. I was secretly hoping you would choose number three. But Bethany, we just want to thank you for your energy. I'm sure the ladies listening are like, I'm gonna go look her up. Oh my gosh, her energy. She's amazing. I'm so proud of you. I know Dom and I are both proud of you and all that you're doing with your business and just how you're showing up in the world. And I'm happy that you took the leap because we need people like you in this in this space. And so kudos to you, lady, for all that you're doing. And thank you. Thank you. Like we said, months and years can pass. And as soon as you get up together, you're just like, oh, it feels like I just spoke with you yesterday. And both of you, it always feels like that for me. Like the and of course I chose three because Terry was like, choose three, choose three, choose three. And I'm like in Terry's head. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna choose three. Because that's just the connection that we have at all times. It's so hella creepy. <laughs> but like I said, I truly like honor all that you helped me with when I when I was coming up and just learning from you and just being in your light and walking hand with hand with you for so long. It was just an honor and a privilege to know both of you. And I am so elated that I got to work on a small piece of your podcast and that I get to just truly call you sisters and friends. It's the pleasure is honestly online. Oh, and I hemmed you all up to be on here. I was like, what does a bitch have to do to be on cultivating her space? (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that realness. Okay. (laughs) Friendship. When you, when you go up to, when you go up to your crew and you're like, bitches for real though, it's taking this long. Wait, hold on now. Hold on. Like, (laughs) can we talk on a mic? (laughs) Well, (laughs) Bethany, we are just so, so grateful that you joined us today. And so for our listeners who want to follow you, support you, and maybe even join your team, where can they find you? I would love that because if you are a listener of Cultivating Her Space, then you are absolutely fundamentally my people. I read you guys' reviews like, ah, Your audience loves you because you're lovable. But I can be found at www.crackers, N-I-N, not and, I-N, soup.com, C-R-A-C-K-E-R-S-I-N-S-O-U-P.com. And I'm sure they'll be in the show notes. Somebody does your show notes now. Like, like, I'm sure it'll be there. I can also be found on Instagram at bcrackersandsoup, where you can see the pink taffeta 16-year-old Bethany with a snatched-ass waist. My, my waist is still snatched, though, so... Meow. Uh, <laughs> meow. <laughs> um, and then I'm on Twitter at, like, crackers underscore in. My podcast is called Chatting Over Chowder. Terry was actually in season one. She was a guest. So Terry's actually the reason why we use this company in sending our guest chowder, because... When Terry was pregnant, she couldn't keep anything down. And we were like, oh, my God, we have to send her something. And I vetted this company, and it's a woman-owned company. And I sent her soup, and she was like, it's the only thing I could eat for a week. So, (laughs) again, full circle, goes back to Terry. (laughs) So, I get yeah, so if you could do crackers and soup, I am the first thing that comes up that doesn't have to do with food. So, that's that's where you can find us. (laughs) 
Yay. Thank you so much, Bethany. We appreciate you, lady. I appreciate you both. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase.